With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Shalom. Point on the record. This is Minister Sergei Ben Israel, Tribe of Judah, and welcome to Wednesday night's Nucleus Line. The time now is 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And, um... Announcement, we are in our last week of this mini-semester. We, excuse me, we will be returning uh, January 23rd. So, um, like always, I usually encourage everyone to um, get into reading um, the scriptures. Um not necessarily picking uh, anyone in particular. Usually uh, I just start anywhere, and then I go from there because you just never know. Um, there's, uh, tonight is going to be uh, um, a short night, but for the most part uh, I was going to give you guys an assignment, but I didn't realize that we were not last uh, week for the semester. But I am going to give you certain things to kind of look over uh, while you're on break. Because I know that we had discussed for a while, uh, we were discussing, well, we recapped uh, some conversations about uh, Moorish history and uh, mainly status and um, things of those natures. And it dawned on me today that while we discuss those things, we once upon a time in this class, we discussed certain topics about slavery, um, not necessarily transatlantic slave trade, but we did discuss things uh, regarding it, uh, certain things like the, inter, uh, the intercontinental, uh, uh, I think it, the intercontinental cotton exchange or something like that, and then sometimes we talk about the cotton exchange. Um, but we never really delve into, like, the history of, like, uh, what they call uh, Western slavery. Yes, sir. And um, it's something that I kind of was pondering over. So there's some things that I kind of want to just throw out there for you guys. Um, one of the things that uh, I was introduced to when I first came into uh, tribes via uh, one of the ministers uh, was the dumb diverses. And if anybody doesn't know what the dumb diverses is, I may have mentioned it here and there, but the Dumb Diverses is one of those uh, bulls. A bull is basically a shalom. Bulls are declarations from the Roman Catholic Church. They're like uh, uh, they're kind of like the executive order, 
of the United States, but they're from the uh, Vatican State. And what this particular bull or edict did, you know, I really want to make sure that I understand the difference between uh, edict and bull. So what I'll do is I'll just say a bull uh, because that is what it is known as. Um, this particular bull was the um, declaration that started off the quote-unquote age of discovery for the Roman Catholic Church, and it wanted to seize uh, those who were known as Sarsons or Easterners and people who were quote-unquote infidels or unbelievers of the church. And not only did the, later on down the line, the Age of Discovery movement got propelled with more, um, with more and more bulls. The next one was the, the Romanist Pontifex. And from what, I've, from what I've read, and I'm really trying to verify it, uh, there were two Romanist Pontifex, one in 19... Uh, 36, this one came before the Dunder Verses in uh, 14, uh, 1454, and then the other one was, I think it was 14, I want to say it was, no, Romans Pontifex was, I think it was 1454, it was 1454. Okay, well, let me just deal with the 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 original one. It was 1454, if I can remember. The other one, uh, which was the Intercatera, which was written in 19, uh, which was written in 1493, which was a year after the uh, last strongholds of the Moorish Empire were given up to uh, Queen Isabella in. uh, King Fernandad of uh, Castile and Aragon, they uh, extended the uh, right of the church to property uh, not really uh, inhabitable. Well, the, I would assume that the document would have made it seem like the... Uh, people who were in inha- well, the lands were in uninhabitable, which is why when most people like quote unquote Christopher Columbus was going to these places, you know, he didn't know that these people were going to be there. So then on his trip back, he gave them a synopsis or a report on the people who was living there. He was discovering these people, and when I say discovering these people. I mean, he was learning who they were. He was trying to understand, evaluate, survey the land, evaluate the people, their their industry, their creed, their their customs, culture, so on and so forth, and take it back to the crown uh, as a way of the crown being informed about what was going on in this new 
uh, kingdom that was about to be extended to the church. Now, those are just three things that I'm just throwing out there. But there's a couple, there's a couple of more things that I kind of want to uh, have you guys look into. Uh, some of you may be familiar with them. Some of them you may not be familiar with them. Some of you have heard me mention something called the Nasiento. I would encourage you to look into that. I would also encourage you guys to look into something called the Treaty of Tordesillas. The and the Treaty of Tordesillas. Can you spell the first, the last two things you told us to to look into? Uh, the Asiento is spelled A S I E N T O. Okay. Okay. And the Treaty of Tordesillas is spelled T O R D E. S-I-L-L-A-S. Oh, Minister uh, Cedric, I didn't want yeah. to interrupt you, but I'm on here too, Sister Ariana. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're okay. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to let you know I was on the line. That's all. Oh, no problem. Yes, ma'am. Um, okay, yeah, the Treaty of Tordesia. You also have the Treaty of Zargoza. Okay, and and the line of demarcation. These are just certain things I want you guys to kind of look into. Next year, I kind of want us to explore the slave trade. That's going to be a a focus, Um, uh, one focus of uh, the up and coming semester is kind of getting you guys understanding the slave trade a little bit more or certain elements of the slave trade so that you guys could see certain things for the most part. Um, Yeah, for the most part, these are certain things I kind of want you guys to kind of look into while you're on your break. I know um, there is a lot of information on it about uh, out there about these different things. As I said before, many of you probably heard about it. Maybe you haven't, but it'd be good for you to kind of uh, look into them um, and see how they actually played a role into Western slavery. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because today, I just so happened to be looking at the dumb diverses, right? And I saw this article, and it was dealing with the Native Americans and their lands in a court case. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can find it. Shall I, I want to say, while you're looking for that, you said Zargoza, Treaty of Zargoza? Yes, Zargoza, the Z-A-R-G-O-Z-A. Okay, all right. Okay, let me see if I find it. I saw this earlier, so I want to make sure that I can 
Give me a second, you guys. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, here it goes. All right, so let me go back. Okay, so there is this article that was written back in September 4th of 2015 by a man named Benny Rotondero. And he was talking about uh, uh, the doctrine of discovery, and he mentioned certain certain, uh, different things, uh, uh, certain things like the Romanist pontifex, and then you have... Uh, yeah, the Dumb Diverses, which was written in 1452, and the other book called Romanist Pontifex was written in 1454, um, where he talked about uh, sanctifying the seizure of non-Christian land in parts of Africa and reinstating the legitimacy of enslaving non-Christian people. And in 1493, you hear about the Intiquitera, which granted Ferdinand and Isabella full and free power authority and jurisdiction of every kind over almost all of the Americas except for a portion of modern-day Brazil and the island outposts. Uh, there is a court case uh, mentioned in this article. Uh, in 1823... A turning point was reached in its ideological essence in the United States Supreme Court case Johnson v. Mintosh, or Mintosh, I think that's how you pronounce it, which involved a land dispute. A new type of property ownership was created for Native Americans, Jeffers said, a lesser form of ownership. As the doctrine of discovery, while not mentioned by name, was given a legitimating stamp. Chief Justice Marshall's ruling stated, On the discovery of this immense continent, the great nations of Europe were eager to appropriate to themselves so much of it as they could respectively acquire. Its vast extent offered an ample field to the ambition and enterprise of all, and the character and religion of its inhabitants afforded an apology for considering them as people over whom the superior genius of Europe might claim an ascendancy. The potentates of the old world found no difficulty in convincing themselves that they needed ample compensation to the inhabitants of the new by bestowing on them civilization and Christianity in exchange for unlimited independence. But as they were in all pursuit of nearly the same object, it was necessary in order to avoid conflicting settlements and consequent war with each other to establish a principle which all should acknowledge as the law by which the right of acquisition, which they all asserted, should be regulated as between themselves. This principle was that discovery gave title to the government by whose subjects or by whose authority it was made against all other European governments which title might be consummated by possession. Okay, the ruling main thing that Native Americans 
referred to in the decision as fierce savages and the conquered, had the right to occupy land but not full sovereignty, stipulated that tribes were dependent on the federal government. Johnson v. Intosh became the cornerstone of the United States federal Indian law, Jeffers said. Subsequent martial court decisions attempted to walk back some of this harsher provision, Jeffers said, but it remains to this day the dominant legal president. And not just in the United States, he added, but also in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, where large indigenous populations exist. There are Canadian rulings that refer to the 1823 uh, United States ruling. Uh, oh, also in 2005, the Supreme Court referenced the doctrine of discovery in the first footnote to the case city of Cheryl v. Oneida, Indian Nation of New York, which maintained that parcels of tribal land sold and later repurchased by the Oneida were neither tax-exempt nor sovereign. The decision precluded. The tribe for rekind the uh, the decision precluded the tribe from rekindling embers of sovereignty that long ago grew cold, just as Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote for the majority. Uh, in 2011, Supreme Court ruling severely limited a tribe's ability to sue the federal government over fiduciary trust uh, indiscretion. In 2007, the United Nations issued the Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, a landmark document that provided with Native American scholar and attorney Walter Echohawk once called the Human Rights Framework. Okay, I'm reading this, and um, why this is so important right now is because what was mentioned in the article was about Native Americans. And their uh, claim to some type of sovereignty on this particular landmass here, but despite their claim, there is a quote-unquote document, uh, not necessarily a document, but it goes by the chain of documents, uh, Dumb Diverses, Romanist Pontifex, um, Intercaterra. And these are the solidifying factors of why they cannot necessarily own the land that they were once inhabiting. Now, I'm listening to this, and I want you guys to kind of think about how this affects us. And these are Native Americans, quote-unquote Native Americans, our brothers and sisters who were inhabiting these same lands who were already here and they can't even claim sovereignty over these lands. When the average American Negro goes to his nine-to-five or his salary and he brings home that check and he decides to take that money and purchase things, property, jewelry, so on and so forth, not necessarily understanding why today you can't get the value from the land or the property that you, you know, purchase, um, or you can't even you can't even necessarily have possessorship over the property that you own. And 
is written in the fact that when and let me also just say this, like say for instance you have jury. You don't you don't necessarily own the possessorship over that jury because you can't even get what you actually paid for it on. You you can't even take the equity from the jury and you know get what you actually paid for it. Not unless you take the equity and use it in a way where you can. But because our people don't know about, they don't understand commerce, they're willing to go and pawn their, you know, uh, ring or necklace to these pawnbrokers for uh, for depreciated value on something that they bought full value. And if you don't have the right to regulate what you want your valuables to sell for, you don't possess it. You don't own it. Hello, Minister. Um, yes, ma'am. I got, I got a question and then another question, but it's going to be in an observation form and asking if I'm correct in seeing this. Okay. Okay. What I heard in that article, I heard a lot of things. But what it basically made me understand or see is that our brothers and sisters, our northern tribe brothers and sisters, really didn't comprehend the law. Because they talked about the Inquisition. They talked about the um, the doctrine of discovery. Basically, they talked about them being served, hmm. and hmm. Them, they were supposed to understand. They 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 knew that they were they they were territory of of England. They knew that already. But those documents that they were talking about, they were saying, listen, you've been served. No, you cannot inhabit these lands under sovereignty because your sentence has already been handed down. So now you're going to go under the incorporated titles that we give you. You're going to enjoy the rights that we give you because now your sentence has been delivered. Now, your sentence might be a little bit lighter than those that were actually over there in England running amok, but was it really? Because they basically grounded up the Native Americans and the, the, um, or the Aboriginal Amerindians and the Aboriginal Hebrews that were in the the Eastern Hemisphere as well, and they combined them on this land. Some of them they left alone and they had their reservations. Some of them, even though they quote-unquote left them alone, they still split up the women and children and took them to different kinds of reservations and kind of breeded them out. And then some, some of them they actually left alone, left alone, and then some of them they actually intermingled with us on plantations. So it's obvious that we were part of 
the inquisitions, the discovery, the going out, seeing what they had, you know, control over. And our brothers that were here and our sisters that were here, they really didn't fully understand that they had been served. And then they mentioned Australia and they mentioned New Zealand. And I'm sure the Philippines was probably a part of that. And the Hawaiian, you know, um, islands. And then South America, and they mentioned Canada, too. So that's, and all of the, the you know, aboriginal, uh, not, well, I guess you can say aboriginal peoples that were there and those territories that they inhabited, you know, and then they gave them the natives and then the indigenous titles and whatever incorporated, you know, names of their tribes that they so desired to designate them with. So that's one thing that I'm seeing. Am I correct in that observation? I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, well, you know what the interesting thing about it is? Because you kind of made a light bulb go off in my head because I was thinking to myself, you know what, I didn't really, I did not see the doctrine of discovery that way. But when you said it, and you said it again, it was like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was just like, holy crap, that is exactly what they were doing. They were serving them. You've been served. Hello. You've been served. And, yeah, you were being served. And then served. how is a slave going to have any possessorship right? You can't hold gold or silver. No. Okay, mm-hmm. we're letting you stay on this land, but if we see resources on this land that we need, we can take it. So until you serve your sentence and come into right standing, which obviously the Native Americans have not, because if they did, they would be able to stop them from coming on their land lawfully. So they have not corrected their status either. So when I look at all of these shows and, like, you know, um, Tony Antonio Talks and Yvette Carnell and um, Irony and they're talking about how government, you know, can help a bit and how, you know, um, black people are being made into a permanent underclass, it's like they're right. You're so right. We are purposely being made into an underclass, but that's what the black class status is. So until you come into your right standing, don't expect to be able to tap into that wealth that will allow you to be able to pass it down from generation to generation to generation. So am I correct in that second observation? You are correct. Wow. When you are, because, again, this is the case of people not understanding the law and people not understanding, uh, people are not understanding words. You have language of law and you have the common language and people 
because they feel like certain certain definitions kind of like there's a uh, certain words are ambiguous, which most words are ambiguous. But I think you need to go with the with the word that uh, carries more. How should I say this? You need the word that is most navigable. And what I mean is you need the word that kind of acts as a key to navigating a system dealing with any kind of money. Because, like they say, you want to know what's going on with something, follow the money. And what you say can trigger certain different things. So there are trigger words, and if I say straw man to someone, ow, of course they know what that means. Well, for the most part, some people know what it means because there's a lot of our people who don't really know what a straw man is, and some people think a straw man is really a man of straw. <laughs> but, that you know, and some people think that an alter ego is just another name that you name yourself, not knowing that that is a that can be a name of a corporation or a partnership or something of that nature or a co partnership let me say it that way, or partnership nonetheless um and now when I say a co partnership. Uh, in a French dictionary, a French law dictionary, I was reading the other uh, some time ago. They had the word in their uh, alter ego, uh, and then next to it, it was uh, like another name for something that um, two. Uh, uh, it, it was actually another name for a joint stock company. But that was what you would call anonymous. I'm sorry. Not uh, not alter ego. But alter ego would just be another name for uh, an organization or a business operating. Uh, but a straw man would be something used to achieve something that could not necessarily be done uh, if you had to do it legally, so to speak. Sometimes it's not legally. But nonetheless, you are absolutely right. Like our people don't really understand what it is that they're in. Because we think, oh, well, they say that we're supposed to be free, but then they don't treat us like we're free. Well, I mean, if you haven't really noticed Things haven't changed. The only thing that changed is the, I guess you can say the fashion, the way that we eat, the way that we dress, the way that we live. Those are the material things have changed, but the course of government has not changed. And their their course of government has always been to have you know, their families protected and then have the publicans and then have the plebiscites and then have the lower class. 
I mean, it's the Roman government all over again. I'm sorry. Shalom. I'm sorry, Minister. No problem. How how can they not? Because really, in actuality, you are a savage if you refuse to come under the law, if you refuse to act lawfully. Right. And so many people go around and want to obstruct the law instead of coming under it. Right. And so, like, even with, okay, it would be one thing if when they went out and did the Declaration of Discovery and the Inquisition um, and they served people, it would be one thing if they couldn't find them and couldn't serve them. Then they couldn't take possessorship. But they led them right to the village. Oh, East Room is over here, and Dad is over here, and so and so is over here. Come on. And the mere fact that they accepted the paperwork and showed up to court, and it was documented via public record that they were there, attests to the fact that they were under jurisdiction to that governmental entity. So when it fell, they fell with it because that was their government. It's like, holy crap. And then I'm watching this news commentary about, you know, the Senate election in Alabama. And they're laughing and they're joking and they're like, oh, you know, because one of the representatives, uh, Roy Moore, was like, caught dumbfounded because he swore in on a Bible and he's like, you have to swear in on a Bible. And they're like, oh, he didn't realize you didn't have to swear in on a Bible, that some people swear in on the Quran and some people swear in on the Constitution. And I'm saying, you idiots, but did you hear that he swore in on a Bible? There's a reason why he swore in on a Bible some people swear in on the Quran. Some people swear in on the Talmud or the Torah. And some people will swear in on the Constitution because those are law books. Right. So you raise your hand and you swear on those law books that you will abide by, at least those laws that are written in those law books. So what is the Bible and what is the Quran, and what is the Talmud? They're lawful. Mm-hmm. Just don't fight tonight. <laughs> Shalom. Yes. yes, sir. Just real quick, then not to interrupt, but Brother Ram, you had to get off the call. He had to get up early uh, tomorrow morning. He just wanted to get that message out to you. No problem. No problem, brother. Thank you. Um, yes, sir. Well, Minister Cedric, I'm, I'm not going to hold you long, Sister Adiana. I just want to oh, alert everybody um, while we're doing our uh, Facebook campaign that we have um, we have an intruder in our Advertise Your Business group. This person is going under the name of Ashley Cannon. Looks like she's trying to um, scam people into giving their bank account information in order uh, for some something she posted 
about some supposed business opportunity. I took some snapshots. I'm getting ready to send them over to um, Sister Monica, and she'll get them over to you guys. Well, thank you. And what is the name of the group again? She's using um, the name. She's, she's, she joined our group, Advertise Your Business Here, which is one of ours, I believe. Okay. And she, but she posts, she posts like something that appears to be a money-making opportunity, but it's a scam. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, the name Ashley Cannon. Cannon. This chick asked me for my username and password to my bank account. I'm like, are you serious? What kind of nutshell do you think I came out of? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so funny because we were just, we had a conversation about that tonight. I won't even, I'm not even going to go into it, but let me just say this. It just, it is, there's no, there's, there's a never, there's never in, to people who are who want to make money, who love money. Let me say it that way. Right. Who put the love of money before uh, square business? And and the reason why that is is because when they've gotten a taste of getting away with lucrative schemes. Is I don't care who gets hurt. It's all about me, 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 me. But then when you go to prison, then it's, oh, why is this happening to me? Well, because that's just dessert. You did exactly, you put out, what you put out is what you get back. If you sitting there, you know, plotting against people for your own self-gain, you're going to get back exactly what you put out. Same thing that happened with that, uh, with that young boy and his mother who uh, raised that 50-something-odd-thousand dollars because he was quote-unquote bully, but then come to turn around, your mom's a racist and your dad's a racist too? Yeah, I saw that on Facebook, yeah. And not to only mention that, but then this white guy exposed her too. Yeah, the conversation with the young lady, and then... You go and tell the white guy talk about some. Yeah, I thought us whites were supposed to stick together. I mean, I ain't, I said like, let me let me go. I gotta read this to you guys. I'm still I was trying to get money from him for Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. No compassion. Right. No compassion whatsoever. And right. I was like, these people were sending in their hard working, hard earned money because they believed. Your son was being bullied, and they felt sorry for him. Not to think of, not to mention the countless amount of our people that have been bullied throughout mm-hmm. life. I mean, we, I mean, I've been bullied. Finding, you know, fifty thousand dollars for like, what do you need fifty thousand dollars for? What do you need fifty thousand dollars being bullied for? Hell, I can't Why even. Why would anybody that. donate to that? I don't, but, I don't get it. Oh, because it was supposed to help in bullying. Okay, teach him how to fight back. That's what you do. That's what you do. You tell him if somebody keeps bullying you, you teach him to fight back. Not buy him Christmas presents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, it was just, but it just goes to show you that there is never a end 
to the madness when it comes to people who put the love of money over square business. Mm-hmm. Because if I respect people and their their right to work hard and get their money, I'm not going to try to scam you out of it. Now, hopefully, that's number one. That's not a sister that we know that's in that group. I pray it's not no sister in the nation that's doing that. Number two, um, it will be handled. It will definitely be handled. Yes, ma'am. Hello? Just are you there? The phone. I think she may have dropped off. Yeah, I was trying to get the mute, get it off a of mute, and it wasn't working. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it is one of us, but I, you know, I can't say for certain. But I don't believe so. I asked Sister Monica that she said she didn't think so either. I don't think so either. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, because I'm familiar with everybody who, uh, created a different Facebook account. Like we all agreed uh, that we were going to do, what? and I don't ever recall uh, seeing uh, Ashley Cannon. What I think that might be is that might have just been, I like to think, because you got to be careful with Facebook sometimes, Facebook like to create profiles. Uh-huh. They like to create profiles too. It's and fine. I'm it's not fine. sure if Facebook is in the, the the business of scamming people, but nine times out of ten I don't put it past them because they are always mm-hmm. on there trying to promote these sex sites. But I'm just going to leave it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to say it this way. Um, we we have to become uh, knowledgeable of our surroundings, and we can't be afraid uh, to use the law. I think that's really what it comes down to because we feel like, oh, and it will, we'll say these stupid things like, oh, that's the white man's book, or that's the white man's law, and King James wrote this law, and the King James wrote this book, and he was gay, and so that's why we don't have to follow it. And Jesus paid it all, and Jesus died on the cross, and Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, Jesus did this, and Jesus did that. But how does that excuse you from following the law? Hell, if you don't obey the United States laws, I really don't expect you to follow the laws that that Jesus gave anyway. Mm-hmm. So so miss me with it. I really don't care. But you must understand, and this is what a lot of people sitting here, they, they, they really are going to look out at, you yeah. know, um, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, this is what I need to do to get in heaven, and this is what I need to do. And, you know, Jesus said all I have to do is love somebody. Yeah, you should. You should respect people. Here's my whole thing. Cool. You do need to respect people, and you should more than anything love your brother. You have to have love for your own people first. Love anything. That is very important. White people know that all too well. Chinese people know that all too well. But what we don't get and what we don't understand is you have to respect 
the law where you are. Because what you don't realize is that there is a remedy in it. Now, when you go trying to use the law to, you know, get over on the system, that's when that becomes it. That's when it becomes a problem. Now, these folks who are out here thinking that, you know, if something was to happen, Jesus is going to give them some wings and they're going to fly away, well, good luck with that. Because <laughs> I'm saying to you that if I to tell me, well, you don't want no more then. Well, I don't, not, not from you. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is, is this, and this is serious is what I'm going to say to you guys. It's very serious, and I mean this. Is <laughs> everyone on this line is creating a law, and you were able to, you got to a point where you can protect yourself, you got to a point to where you understand business and commerce, and you got to a point where you can understand government. So went so fluently that if someone was to come under your was was to you know act to come under your wing, and they had the potential, you can bind who you want to bind, and you can lose who you want to lose. This is very important, and people are going to miss. The boat because they keep thinking that this stuff is not real. And if you think this is a joke, how do you think this happened in you? How did you think the United States came to be? Mm-hmm. They were able, they had eventually got, they eventually acquired the right to bind who they wanted to bind and lose who they wanted to lose. Are we not bound? Yes, sir. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. On this mind can attest to the fact that we are bound. They may not know why, but we do agree that we are bound, whether it been our ancestors being bound or whether it's us being bound by these contracts. We are bound. Now, how do we get out of that? The same book that said those who can bind you can bind you and those who can lose you can lose you also tell you how to get out of slavery. But people find that, oh, well, we going through this because, you know, uh, we just don't trust each other, this, that, and the other, and that is true. But a part of that comes from the fact that you guys don't respect authority. <laughs> because if you respect authority, you respect respected enough to see the balance in it. Everything is not all good and everything is not all bad. And everything in the scripture is not all kill people, kill babies, kill women, kill men, ravage houses, ravage villages. Because in the same book that talked about keeping slaves is the year of Jubilee, how to get rid of, how to write a bill, how to pay off your debts, how to discharge debts, how to uh, deal with bankruptcy, how to discharge in a bankruptcy. There is so many, yo, there are so many things in that book that I literally have found. I won't share them here, but for the most part, and I won't need, after you guys get to a point where you really understand, I won't I won't have to, priests won't have to, nobody won't have to tell you because you will see them for yourself. And it 
I will say this, guard it with your life. Guard it with your life. This information is very, very, very important. It is very important and it is very precious. It's a free gift. It really is a free gift. But many people don't enjoy it. Um, Brother E.K., what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I just think, uh, you know, like you mentioned before, like when it comes to this law, you know, we have to understand, we have to understand the order of the day. And and basically, you know, that in the law, when, when used properly, there's remedy. So which goes back to what you was teaching us, you know, last week and the week before that about, um, you have to respect it in order, I'm paraphrasing, like you have to respect the order of the day in order to live to be able to become free again, okay? So it's like unless our people are ready to do that, then they're going to really have a hard time figuring out uh, does this, how does this whole thing work for them, right? And so um, all, all everything... And is all the summation of all of these different things that have occurred in history all goes back down to just contracts, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. And who 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 has the jurisdiction to who has the jurisdiction to be able to enforce these contracts on a certain body of people who fell into a certain status? And so they'll be dealt with accordingly. And that's exactly what's just been happening. And it's amazing because it's like people still don't realize that there's still other kingdoms out there in the yeah. world. Yeah. And and the thing about it is, is like all these different islands belong to these kingdoms, some kingdoms, you know? And so it's like, wow, like this stuff never changed. It never changed. It never, ever changed. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, again, and just taking the time out to really investigate these things because, you know, that saying nothing new is under the sun is very true. Like the law is still in effect. It never changes. It doesn't go away. Someone is going to enforce the law and someone is going to be on the receiving of those enforcement of those laws. So it's just a matter of which body of people is going to fall in which category. And unfortunately, our people are on the receiving end of, getting this law, but that doesn't mean that the law in of itself, even though we're in a certain status, doesn't mean that we still can't see the benefits of how we can utilize it to become free again. You know, so all of these things is all just it's all it's all it's all relative in the in the sense where like it's no different than how, for example, like those who went and created Judaism and was studying under the tribe of Judah and was able to figure out how to really kind of get their own thing together. So it's almost like we study what they did to, what they're doing to us, but then it's like, okay, we can apply that, but then understand that we still have a a source of truth that overrides the whole thing altogether, which we do descend from, which is the scriptures. So as long as we're tying ourselves back into that but still understanding the platform that exists in front of us, there's really no 
there's really no kind of hindrance other than ourselves. And it's almost like there's two kind of major slaveries. There's that spiritual slavery, which we have to free ourselves first, which is that state of mind consciousness that we have to grow into. And then the physical slavery is obviously the paper contracts that we've been bound to, that once we are in the proper state of mind to understand the contract, we can free ourselves physically again. Then we can do the proper work. So that's really the progression that our people have to go through. It's not the contract is easy. Anybody can just say, you know, I'm gonna just cancel my driver's license, I'm gonna cancel all these different contracts I'm tied to, but then what? But is your heart, is your spirituality, is your mindset on how you view life? Is it in a reality based mindset or is it an idolatrous mindset? So the law in of itself is really designed to weed out the idolaters and really wake up the people that are going to live in a reality-based type of situation. So that's really what this whole thing kind of comes back down to. So when we hear all of these different uh, historical events, all basically what it is is just all these different contracts that were created, who was enforcing them, who was in breach, who was not in breach? Who fell because they was in breach? Who sustained their power because they wasn't in breach? And all those things is all kind of connected into how all these things of how government law and commerce is situated on this planet. So it's just very interesting when people take the time to look at it. So I yield on that, brother. Yes, sir. And, you know, one uh when our people can look at when our people can look at where they are right now and say, "Hey, uh, I'm going to use what I have in order to see a difference." Because that was pretty much what was go- that was pretty much what was going to happen anyway. Like, for instance, when you go into the the I think it was the letter of Jeremiah, I think which was in the book of um, which is in the apocrypha, and he's talking, he's telling the Israelites what was going to happen in terms of. Uh, not necessarily what was going to happen, but he was telling them what was going to happen, and he was telling them what they needed to do at the commandment of the Most High because he had already foresaw what was going to happen to the government that they were in, and uh, he had already saw what was going to happen to the Israelites after the government failed. And what our people have to realize is that and I said it here last week, or the week before last, I apologize, excuse me, that the longevity of a government depends on the way that it is ran. And when people, when when resources get scarce, then that's when the ideas or that's when that ego starts to jump up. Or sometimes people can have enough and still be greedy. So it's either there's an abundance or there is a lack. 
Either way, the ego is going to either expose itself for lack of humility or the lack of necessity. Lack of necessity and lack of humility will drive a person to do things that they have not ever done in order to 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 have things. But you can't have or acquire anything for too long if you keep the pattern up because eventually you're going to make enemies, you're going to sabotage relationships, and you're going to you it's going to exhaust more of your resources to do the things that you know you cannot, you know that you couldn't achieve if you were following the law. My whole thing is what is going to happen eventually is that the law here is, in, the laws here are intact. The laws is always going to be intact, but the entities that were created to enforce it won't be forever because of the way that they have been doing business. That little move that Donald Trump just pulled with uh, Palestine and Israel, it is going to cause a major ripple effect. And it ain't that what we see now with them protesting, that is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. That is just the beginning of the ripple effect. It is going to really cause a ripple effect. But aside from that, if our people only use what is in front of them, and what, I'm, what else I'm speaking about is this. I have a King James 1611. Many people may not have a King James 1611. But, and as I tried to explain to another brother the other day, you know, you got all of this information. That is so great. Cool. I like information, too. But what are you going to, what, how does it help you? How does it necessarily help you if all, you know, if you haven't really done anything with it? You know, you would, you know, because he was speaking against, you know, the scriptures. He was speaking against King James, which I mean, I'm not either, I'm either a for or against because I'd never lived his life, but he's not God. So I'm kind of, I respect who he was. Let me say it that way. But one of the things that people fail to mention is this. He did not, of course, he did not write the scriptures. He had it uh, authorized to be written. But that just because he wrote it does not mean, and you have suspicions on his personal life, that doesn't mean that the principles are avoid. How does that work? Because it wasn't his personal, uh, it wasn't his personal testimony. It was a testimony that was perpetuated and he wanted to preserve it. And it's, it should have nothing, it should have been nothing wrong with him reserving, uh, preserving it. Uh, most smart people, when they want to, you know, preserve something, they do things like that. But aside from that, we got into a point now where people feel like, oh, because this person wrote, you know, lived this life, we don't have to follow this law. But it's kind of like what you're already, you already are under the law. And whether you follow it or not, you're already under it because the laws that were in this book 
has now been explicated. It's been more expounded upon. Some of the laws have been have been twisted, let me say it that way, to fit a particular political climate, and it's going to pollute them. Nonetheless, it's going to pollute America. But it's nothing wrong with it's nothing wrong with that law. It really isn't. And I'm saying that to say this, and I'll see Adiana, I'm coming to you in just a minute. I say that to say this. It's going to come a time where you guys have preserved yourselves. Somebody's going to look to you for governance. Again, I say to you, you will have the power to bind who you want to bind and lose who you want to lose. That choice is really up to you afterwards. This is what you are being prepared to do. But our overall charge is to bring people to the truth. That nature is has is always been. The most high has always been in nature, is always been ever present in the law. And all he ever wanted was respect. And that we are a reflection of nature. And our spirit is a reflection of the laws. We, as black men and black women, so-called, Native American, Native Americans, quote-unquote Native Americans, they have a, a, a rational inclination to nature. They've always just had it. We have always just had it. It's just been perverted because we've been around people who have perverted spirits. And they don't have a, they don't understand the relationship, they don't understand themselves in relation to nature. So when we tell people that, you know, it is, you know, good for us to stick with our own kind, they feel like it's something ignorant about that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, how is it ignorant for a lion to mate with a lion? <laughs> you never see a lion mate with a penguin. What's ignorant about that? That is his nature. And to take a lion out of his nature will not make him a lion anymore. Even the lion itself won't feel like a lion. And if you try to do that, eventually he's going to fight unless he's heavily medicated. But if you put that lion back in his natural habitat, he will do what he's going to do because he was designed that way. And eventually we will get back to doing those things. And it is nothing wrong with that because that is who we were called to be. We were a chosen people to do a particular thing. We're watching other people do it now, but they have perverted it. And we have to come back to that. Atiyadi Anna, what are your thoughts? I think that um, what everybody said, and especially the way Brother E.K. broke that down, was really, it was it was just the icing on the cake. But it also reminds me of how 
I think that a lot of our people, they use the circumstances that we're in and, and the people that we are under. They use it as an excuse to not want to be law by law or to break, as an excuse to break laws because right. they want to blame the oppression um, as the reason for why they don't want to adhere to certain things and listen to certain things. Um, but they're missing um, the fact that the most high is, you know, that it, it's kind of like a, an oxymoron to say, and this is for all the people who say, well, I love God and I'm Bible-believing and, and uh, what what is another, what, all those terms they say, God-fearing and all these things that a lot of our people say, but but then it's a contradiction if you don't want to abide by laws and the Most High, um, the Creator himself is the institutor, um, the, the, he's the first and foremost, the one who handed down law and government in order. And um, so you can't really say, well, I'm down with him, but I don't want to follow laws, you know. So with that, I yield. Interesting. I was, um, thank you, sister. I meant to say that first and foremost. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to uh, I'll, uh, make it short because we're uh, five minutes into ten. I said I wasn't going to keep everyone. But I, I was watching this movie called The Pelican Brief. Is anybody familiar with The Pelican oh, Brief? Yeah, oh, Washington. yeah, that's a very good movie. Was he in that? Was it Denzel Washington? Yeah, Denzel Washington and uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Very good movie. Yo, I watched it for the first time last night, and it was, it, I was just like, that movie came out when I was like maybe four, five, six, eight years old, maybe. Because I was still in mid, I was still in like uh, grade school when that movie came out. And, you know, I'm watching this movie along with uh, the, the, uh, the firm with uh, what's that uh, guy uh, Tom Cruise and other movies like that, like uh, what is it, The Saint with uh, uh, Val Kilmer and all these other different things. But this particular movie here, I'm watching this movie because it it opened my eyes up to how corrupt we can be when we are influenced by uh when we're we're influenced by uh our circumstances like the sister just said you had the guy uh the the young woman who wrote the paper called the pelican brief about uh high um the one 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 of the most uh, made, one of the major contributors to the president at the time was um, trying to purchase this. Uh, he was trying to purchase this land where he struck oil, but he needed the he needed the permission to drill there, and he knew that the the uh, courts was not necessarily going to agree. So he cut a deal with the president at some particular point to sway him to put in the right uh the right judge in the Supreme Court who were ruling his favor against the uh uh against the Green Peace organization who was fighting for the Pelicans, the these uh Pelicans who were going extinct. Uh 
And all the while, you done murdered a judge, and the president knew he was aware of it. He wasn't aware to the extent that Matisse was trying to, you know, bribe him in order to have, you know, uh, the courts ruling his favor so that he can get that land because it was worth a billion dollars in oil. But why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, Oxyadiana just said that people use, you know, people will use their circumstances to, uh, or people will allow their circumstances to influence them to not obey the law. And this just goes to show you that the ego is always in effect and that people will, there is never, there's never ending, uh, there's a never ending greed to you know, people who put, you know, the love of money over square business. And it will sabotage you, not just the relationship, not just your kingdom, but it will sabotage you, you as a whole, because everything that you put your finger on, that represents you. And when that falls, you fall too. And this goes back to status. So remember, keep all of this in mind when we start talking about the things that I mentioned to you before uh, before we get off the call about these different treaties that the churches and all of these people set up and how they how they carry over into the laws that we have today. Obviously, they do. I read how they influence the rights of Native Americans, uh, so-called Native American sovereignty. But these are some of the things I, I kind of want you guys to look over um, while we're on break. We will come back in January 23rd. For those who may have not been on the call when I announced it, we will be here, uh, back here January 23rd. Um, next year is hopefully going to be a lot different, and it usually always is. depends on how we move. Please prepare yourselves because 2018 is one of those years that's kind of just been speculative of so many different things. And with so many things happening in 2017, you just never know (laughs) because a lot of people expected Trump to be the saving grace. Well, so did they expect that of Obama, but... Trump just turned out to be a presidential nightmare to the world, you know, and we don't necessarily know how it's going to work out. Uh, Oh, by the way, they're trying to avoid a government shutdown. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's heard about that. I just want the record to reflect that they are trying to avoid another another government shutdown. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Any details about that? Um, we can adjourn this evening. Uh, when we do come back, like I said, I do want to. I do us do want us to kind of explore uh, some things about slavery. I want to kind of put some things in, uh, bring forth some things that I learned uh, from a class that I was in uh, when I was in college some elements that I can share with you guys so that you can uh, 
use them to understand even more what we already know here because we understand commerce. We just need to under we need to adapt that into why the things that were happening at that time were happening and make it make sense. And then once other people who come in start to see these different things, then they'll understand. And then the people after them and they'll understand. Um it is now twelve minutes after ten. We can adjourn for this evening. I wish you, brothers and sisters, a a good break. Please enjoy your break. Don't work too hard. Get you some rest if you could. Don't overwork yourself. And work on your civility 101 if you can. Try to get some of those things done. If you need to reach out to any of the ministers, please contact us, whether it be by Facebook or phone. Y'all have my number. Reach out to me. Shalom, shalom.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.